Welcome to today's podcast. I know it's been a little while since we have visited, and I've missed you all, and hopefully you've missed hearing from me as well. I just wanted to do a quick update. Um, Really, what I was going to say is that if you're listening to this and we are no longer in a global pandemic, fantastic. Just go ahead and skip this episode, delete it from your library on your device, But if you're listening to this and it's still relevant information, then I hope you will take a little time to listen to this entire episode. I am recording this at the tail end of August 2021, and this is the most up-to-date information I can give you at this time, but I'm telling you I I was taking notes just maybe five days ago to to do this podcast and some of it I've already had to cross off because it's not relevant anymore. So we are in an incredibly fast changing market. I always like to say that we are in uncharted territory. I've been an agent for almost 15 years and seen other markets from my experience before I was licensed, but working for an agent in Austin. And then I've also heard my mother since the early 1980s talk about the market. And I will tell you that we are truly in uncharted territory right now. So everyone hears all the time about this incredible seller's market that we are in. And that's not a lie. We really are in an incredible seller's market. I know that when I was first licensed, in early 2007 and kind of went into that 2007, 2008, 2009. We all know what was going on with the market then. We used to have listing agreements signed for six months, sometimes nine months, and you didn't know if you were going to sell that listing. Often listings expired after tons and tons of price corrections, and it just wasn't a sure thing that a buyer was going to buy a house. We've really been spoiled, though, for the last oh, I don't even know. I want to say maybe eight, nine years. We've been really spoiled knowing that we can put a house on the market, a little bit of time will pass, and then it will sell. And then for the past, oh, I would say maybe year, a little bit more than than the past year, probably 18 months, we would put a listing on and, and press enter on MLS and receive contracts for sure within 24 to 36 hours. Absolutely, you would. I want to say that another little shift has happened, which we're going to talk about in just a minute that I've seen happen over the past week or two. But I want to talk a little bit about this incredible seller's market and some of the positives and negatives that are with it. And if you've visited with me out at a restaurant or I've run into you at a happy hour or something like that, and we've talked shop, we've talked real estate a little bit, you've probably heard some of this. But for everybody else that wants to know really what the true picture uh, is right now in the real estate market, let me tell you. So a lot of people are asking me, do you think we're in a bubble? That's kind of the big question. The headlines on newspapers, it's all the talk and financial other podcasts and different things like that. Um, So from what everything that I've read, at least the articles that I read that are applicable to Texas, San Antonio Metroplex um, specifically, they are saying that they don't think that we're in a bubble as in a bubble that will pop and leave us falling with prices falling and people just scrambling to get out before it completely crashes. That's that's not what's predicted. And of course, I don't have a crystal ball and I can't promise anyone exactly what's going to happen. But what the prediction really is, is that this huge growth that we've had is going to start to taper off to what we would call the norm. And the norm 
historically in San Antonio, if you look over it on a long period of time, is around three to four percent growth per year. Of course, some areas have a lot more substantial growth. Some are a little bit slower to increase. But if you're looking at it in a little snapshot over a general period of time, typically in the San Antonio Metroplex, which includes all of the outlying areas, the New Braunfels, Shirts, Cibolo, Bernie areas as well, we see somewhere around three to four percent in growth. Um, some of those outlying areas are growing a little bit quicker as they kind of get um, taken into the San Antonio Metroplex. Um, but what we are seeing is that contracts, when they come in, so when an offer comes in from a buyer, we are seeing those offers favoring the seller more than they did even, I would say, even a year ago or, or 18 months ago. So what does that mean, favoring the seller? Of course, price is one. Um, a lot of well, most buyers are not messing around with trying to submit a, an offer, you know, a few thousand dollars below the asking price. They're coming in strong. So whether that means coming in strong um, as far as offering the, the asking price or coming in over the asking price, we are seeing that in offers. Everybody knows some story about a neighbor down the street or their cousin that sold their house for 30000 or 40000 over the asking price. And there's a lot of those real stories out there. We've had actual clients of ours sell for thirty and forty and more over the asking price. But um, another thing that we see and I always tell all of my sellers that it's so much more than just the price that I have had lots of sellers who have taken offers that were not the highest on the actual page one of the contract where it shows the offer price. Sometimes the picture behind that offer price isn't as rosy as what that dollar figure shows. So buyers have gotten smart. I think they are being educated by really smart buyers agents. Um, they're telling them it's a lot more than just that dollar figure you write down. So we are seeing a lot of buyers also offering to pay for the title policy, the owner's title policy, which at least in Texas has traditionally been a seller closing cost. It's always negotiable, but historically, we have always seen it be common and customary that a seller pays for the title policy in Texas. But we are seeing right now, I would say on our closings, maybe around 40% or so where we are getting an offer where the buyer is willing to pick up the title policy. I can't tell you the exact percentage. It's a little more complicated than just a percentage. Um, but let's say on a $300,000 house, you know, maybe somewhere around a little over $2,000 for the title policy. So it's a significant savings for the seller. Um, we are also seeing uh, what was common and customary was for a seller to pay for a home warranty, a home service contract. Um, you know, there's lots of them out there, but American Home Shield or 210 Home Warranty, different warranties like that. And that's, you know, $600, $650 or so that we are seeing buyers not ask the seller to provide for them. So right there, you're seeing on an average home in San Antonio, you know, we're getting close to almost $3,000 less in closing costs than um, a seller would typically have to pay. We're also seeing some buyers come in with a shorter option period. Some people call it an inspection period, termination option period. So normally we were seeing around 10 days on offers, and now we're seeing that shortened 
um, quite frequently to five to seven days, sometimes even less time, especially if it's a cash investor, especially if it's a newer home that we don't expect anything monumental to come back on an inspection. Sometimes people are just having a contractor come over, look at the house, and they're just offering a, you know, maybe a two-day inspection period, which gives a lot of sellers a lot of peace of mind that that buyer's not going to back out during that 10 days. 10 days is a long time to have a house off the market. Um, and sellers have always, um, been, I guess, a little bit nervous and asking if that's normal and it always has been normal, but now we are seeing a little bit shorter option periods. Um, and take that with a grain of salt. If you talk to my husband, he would say that it doesn't really matter because a lot of buyers extend that option period when they really get into it and realize they can't get an inspector out that fast. And then they make requests of the seller and the seller can't respond that fast. So sometimes they end up being 10 days anyways. And he's right on that, but it is something we are seeing as a negotiating tool um, when receiving offers from buyers. So I just want to say another thing, and I don't want to go into a whole bunch of you know real estate jargon and kind of put everyone to sleep here. Um, but appraisals are what are knocking a lot of those really high offers back down to reality. So an appraiser can only use data of homes that have actually closed. So just because everybody in your neighborhood kicked their price at $30,000 and got offers at that, or all the offers are coming in at 30,000 over, if there's not data that has closed in your neighborhood to support that price, you're going to have a really hard time getting an appraiser to come up to that dollar amount. So I always have a lot of really serious conversations with sellers about that. This is really just imaginary money until, well, until we're sitting at the closing and everything is said and done honestly. Um, but there's some creative ways that buyers are, are using appraisal addendums and different things to say that they're willing to make up some cash or all the cash if an appraisal comes in low. So there's, there's different things that buyers are doing. And again, it's a very think fast type market. I am so glad I am not a brand new agent in this market because it is truly mind blowing. We feel like we're getting knocked through a whirlwind um, pretty much every week whenever a, a different thing changes in our market. So I do want to talk a little bit about what has happened, what I've seen in really the past 10, 12 days, maybe even less time than that. And speaking with a lot of my colleagues in different networking groups and different online forums that I'm on, again, this is just related to the San Antonio Metroplex, but Almost all of us are feeling a shift that has happened in the past 10 days, I would say 10, 12 days or so. Not a huge shift, not a jump off the side of a cliff, you know, type shift, but a shift, a quiet rumble that we're all kind of feeling in the market, especially, um, I was going to say, especially listing agents, but I'm hearing it from buyer's agents too, um, and one really great buyer's agent that we've worked with a few times posted on a forum that he said on um, July 6th, he had a buyer looking in that 250 to 320 price range. And they sent him 20 houses they wanted to go see that weekend. And only one was still available and not under contract. 
And I would say that was absolutely the truth of what was going on. So that was July 6th, I believe he said. And then he said today he had a buyer in that same price range, the 250 to 325, send him 20 homes that they wanted to see this weekend and only one was under contract. And I just mentioned that post because that is what we're seeing. Um, we are very highly um, kind of you know, lean towards listings and sellers, as you can probably tell from our podcast. Um, and so we're feeling it in a different way. Uh, we have one listing right now and it's a fantastic home. It's in a very desirable area, great schools, one story, lots, you know, granite, um, great curb appeal, mature trees, all the things that buyers want. And the showings have just been crawling. And I mean, I went back to the computer to see, did I miss enter information? Did I say it only had one bedroom and 500 square feet or what, what happened here? No, all the information is correct. And so, you know, kind of scratching my head here, um, but it's a shift. It's a little bit of a shift. Now, let me just say that we are in back to school mode right now, back to school mode, always, all almost 15 years I've been in the business, I have always seen those back to school weeks slow down a little bit. But this was maybe unexpected because of this incredible fast moving, I mean, just bulldozer type market we've been in. I just honestly didn't expect to see this kind of shift that we would actually feel with the back to school time. I I just thought it would be really minor. So, um, some of us are really hoping that that it's temporary and that maybe after Labor Day, maybe things will kind of pick back up again, but I am just not sure. So, you know, you'll probably hear from me again in another month or two and let you know what, what's happening at that time. Um, but, the, but the market, um, you know, talking to peers and, and colleagues and things, again, this is all just us kind of sitting around, um, having a conversation and, and guessing, but, you know, making educated professional guesses on all of this, but we kind of think a couple things are happening. Of course, there is, um, the back to school thing that we talked about, but also, you know, buyer tolerance of these prices as well. So it, let's just kind of rewind. Let's say that, in all of May and June and most of July, you'd put a house on at 250 and sell at 275. And the one down the street listed at 260 and they sold at 280. And, and you see all of that happening. So let's just take, you know, an imaginary, well, we'll take a real neighborhood. Let's just say that it's in, it's Encino Park and homes were all selling, you know, 10, 20,000 over for the past few months. So when an agent goes in and does something similar to what an appraiser does, which is look back historically at homes over the past couple of months and see what they're selling at when we're getting ready to price a listing. So a neighborhood that maybe was normally, you know, 250, 260 is now selling 275, 280 and up. Now you're putting those homes on at that 275 and 280. So now where buyers agents are showing these homes in these neighborhoods and getting this sticker shock because they're saying, wow, I thought I could buy in this neighborhood, you know, around the 250 mark, which is what my budget is. And, and everything's pushing 280. So buyers aren't going to get all of that. Okay, let's bid it up. Let's bid it up like they were. So what we do is 
we price at that high number, but when you don't have that emotional charge behind it, where it's just, you know, has 10 offers and 20 showings in the first day and all of that, that emotional piece is sometimes what's driving that overpayment for a house. So you take away that emotional piece because there's not as much of a rush because the prices are already inflated in that neighborhood. Inflated, I don't mean overinflated or falsely inflated. I just mean that they've increased. Maybe that's a better word. Um, All the homes in a neighborhood have already increased to this threshold that a buyer that did have that emotional charge was willing to pay. So I think we're seeing a little backlash of that. Buyers are saying, whoa, whoa, this neighborhood was you know, I don't know, 3% less or 6% less or 7% less just a couple of months ago, what the heck has happened? So I think that that's part of this little shift that we've had. And maybe instead of us chasing the market up, which we've been doing, you know, we've been pricing homes. Okay, somebody, that home went in two days, multiple offers. So I'm sure they're getting a higher price. They were asking 250. So they surely they got 260. Let's price at 260 or 265 and just keep going and going. I think some of that's coming around to bite us a little bit. So it's not, it's not a um, crash. It's, it's not a burst bubble, but it's just a little bit of a reality check that we can only keep going up and up and up for so long before buyers are going to say, that neighborhood's not worth that much money to me. That house isn't worth that much money to me. No, thank you. I'm going to either sit tight and not buy, or I'm going to go to a different neighborhood. Um, and a lot of people are building too. So there's a lot of pressure on that new construction as well. So, um, I just wanted to kind of mention that a little bit um, because that is what we've seen, just a, just a little bit of a slowdown. So, you know, I would say in the past 14 days, let's see, let's go back 10 days. In the past 10 days, we've put on two listings and one of them is the one I was telling you about that is getting showings, but we're on day, yeah, day 10, 12, something like that and no offer yet. It's just a little startling. And then we put another one on, um, and it took, I think four days, three, four days to go under contract. Um, and it went for full price and everybody was excited and happy about that. But the difference between the two homes and they both listened to me on pricing. So it wasn't like someone messed up and wanted to way overprice their house. Um, is that the one that sold quickly is only a few years old, three, four years old. And, looked brand new, was just sparkling and beautiful and pretty and and hard to to say no to. So that one um, went quickly. The other one is, let's see, close to 40 years old and definitely needs some updates. And I'm telling you a couple months ago, it wouldn't have mattered. Just slap that puppy on there. Doesn't matter what's wrong with it. It'll, It'll sell. It'll sell with multiple offers over asking price. And that didn't happen because it does need updates and a buyer is going to have to put some money into it. And we've listed at what the other homes in there have sold for. And it's a little bit inflated. And I think that that's what the hap- what's happened. So, um, we're working on that one, but I just want to say that there is a, it feels like maybe we've hit the top of what we can push buyers to pay. That is just remarkably different than what they would have paid if they bought the house in January or February of this year. So I don't want anyone to feel in, you know, like there's a great reason to panic and alarm bells, but I think in my professional opinion, we may have, um, 
started to see what the top of the market is right now. But that's okay. Most people say, okay, let's just sit here. Let's not drop the prices any, but let's just sit here for a little while. And um, and hopefully the, the market's just kind of leveling off a little bit. And maybe we'll see another little tick up again um, sometime in September. So um, another thing that I want to mention that is going on with this market right now are closing timeframes. So closing timeframes are a little bit longer. I just had one actually that's going to close in 30 days and that is remarkable. I am really preparing sellers for more like 40 day, 45 day kind of closing timeframes. So we're still seeing that mostly due to appraisals. So of course, if you have a cash transaction that can close really quickly, you know, give us a week, give us 10 days, we'll get you closed. There's no delay. Um, but other homes that are getting financed, um, the appraisers are incredibly backed up. We are seeing, um, uh, buyers have to pay double often triple sometimes, um, what an appraisal used to cost, which was, you know, four fifty or so. And we've seen it closer to that thousand dollar mark. Um, I, actually, uh, we've even seen some in the fourteen, fifteen hundred $1,500 range just for a normal house to basically bribe an appraiser to go out there and fit them into the schedule and still taking two, three plus weeks for an appraisal to come back. So that is what's causing the delay. But again, a good agent should be preparing all of the sellers up front for those delays. So it doesn't feel like something's particularly wrong with this file and this buyer and this mortgage company. It's just what's going on in the times. Um, I have read recently in some trade journals that um, our uh, TREC, which is the Texas Real Estate Commission um, that handles all of the licensing for agents in Texas, but also appraisers, inspectors, those kinds of things in Texas. Um, So anyways, they um, and the powers that be that they work with are working on um, helping, uh, I guess, appraiser, uh, apprentice appraisers, people that want to become appraisers. Um, appraisers, inspiring appraisers, and shorten some of the time frame it takes to become fully licensed. There's a pretty good mentorship period that has to happen with each appraiser, and we just need more appraisers out there. And so they're talking about doing some virtual and online type mentoring and um, kind of virtual mentoring and different things like that to help us get some more appraisers with boots on the ground to help us get these appraisals knocked out. And then something else I've heard about and haven't actually seen it in action, but they're talking about on um, smaller loans and simpler loans um, doing some kind of, I guess, report evaluation that's not a full appraisal. A full appraisal has so much detail in it, just so many factors that an appraiser has to consider. It's just a lot of tedious work. And so they, as of September 1st, are getting creative and letting um, some shorter forms be done on very select homes, but homes, um, in the article I was reading, it just said smaller loans and with simpler loans. And so I'm imagining that that may be someone that's putting down substantial down payments. Um, or maybe it's something that's just easier to do like new construction. 
where there's, you know, only five of the same floor plan and that's just a lot easier to do. And maybe we don't need the full, you know, 20 plus page report on those. Um, but that's just me guessing what they mean by smaller and simpler loans. Um, but it does sound like there's some things happening and I have even seen in recent files, um, as in recent, as in the past couple of weeks, um, because, a month ago, it was a different story, but the past couple of weeks, the appraisal situation seems to be getting just a just a tiny scotch better than it was 30 days ago. So, and hopefully, when I do my next podcast, it'll be even better at that time. So, just kind of to summarize, so what do we do? Right, we're thinking about selling. What do we do? Is now the right time to sell? What what what's your advice? Okay. So my advice is still to really evaluate your life right now. And if now is the right time to make a move and you are going to have to purchase another home, then sit down with an agent, see what's happening in there in your neighborhood, kind of look at your house. Is it a really appealing house to, to buyers? Not Maybe it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to have a, you know, lakefront property or anything like that, but um, a marketable home and I right now, if I was just going to shoot really straight with you, would probably say, let's wait just a couple of weeks to put it on. Let's wait until mid-September because this little glitch I've seen right now um, is definitely a shift. So let's see if in mid-September, you know, two, three weeks from now, if um, it's still there, the little glitch, or maybe we'll be rocking and rolling right back to where we were a month ago. Um, So I would say sit tight do your stuff to make your house just sparkle and shine, go ahead and, and get it prepped, you know, take out the wild color walls and repaint those, do all that right now. And then let's talk again in mid to late September and see if it's the right time to put the house on the market. Um, but if you are just selling and not purchasing, so you're just going to sell a house and you have no need to purchase another house in this market, I would say, yep. I would for sure plan on putting it on in mid-September just because I don't know what the market's going to bring next year. So I would say it's still a really, really great time to buy with low interest rates and buyers out there Um, with money to spend. We're still seeing a lot of cash buyers too. So it is still a very strong time to sell, but you just, this is when having an experienced agent is critical. So even though we are in uncharted territory, you want an agent that can really look at the trends that are going on and has, you know, many years of experience under their belt to be able to, to kind of hopefully take a stab at what's going to happen. Um, so I know that's not a real clear answer, but I wouldn't put a house on the market, honestly, in this next week or two, I'd probably wait until mid September, um, and look at what's going on in the market, but there's different reasons to sell at all different times of the year. So maybe it's a good time to buy right now when it is a little bit of, um, a little slowdown, but that's, that's for advice for this week for the next couple of days is all I can really tell you. Um, but stay tuned. We'll do another update, um, and let you know what we're seeing kind of as we get a little bit closer into the fall. I can't believe we're already up here against the fall already. Um, but thank you for listening. And if you have any questions for us, I hope you will reach out. Um, we did start our own brokerage, so you can still email the old email address, um, or you can email me at jennifer at redefininghomesa.com. So Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R at re, R-E-D-E-F-I-N-I-N-G, 
S-A-S-A.com. And we would love to hear from you with any feedback or questions or ideas of something you'd like to hear about on a future podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.